Blog Talk Radio. Welcoming you back to our new year of shows, and today we are going to continue a show that actually began last year, because in just a moment, I am going to be bringing on the line Catherine G. Lucas, and Catherine, who um, was on the show in November, um, has a new book out called Coping with a Mental Health Crisis, and today we are going to talk about the the steps that you can take for soul-level healing of mental distress and a mental health crisis, various degrees of mental distress, because Catherine has a great deal of experience in this. She is also the author of In Case of Spiritual Emergency. She is an accredited mindfulness trainer. She is the founder of the Spiritual Crisis Network in the United Kingdom. She has worked in the mental health community in many capacities. Um, she has worked with the Ministry of Defense um, for soldiers returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, um, and she has worked with various therapists and has a very open-minded um, approachable manner and a way of dealing with crisis that is really helpful for us all. And she is also an international workshop leader and has events coming up and regularly speaks on this topic. Um, her website is up on the page, um, katheringlucas.com. And I am just so delighted to welcome Catherine back to the program. Welcome back, Catherine. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. It's always such a pleasure to, to be on your show. And, uh, and you know, I'd just like to very briefly take this opportunity just, to just really acknowledge what a fantastic job you do. Because I know, you know, I, I know you put in a lot of work to, to, to the show and you have some very high-profile speakers. So, um, you know, you, and, and what you put out really helps people uh, a huge amount. So I just wanted to kind of really acknowledge that before we even get started. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much, Catherine. That's very much appreciated. And and you know, I just I learn as much from <laughs> from these wonderful guests, including you, um, as I feel those in my audience learn. It's just a delight and a joy to to be doing this. So so thank you so much. 
Um, now today, I am going to make sure these shows are kind of tied together because you did introduce this topic last November, um, and those listening in the future to this show will find that we will have a new Catherine G. Lucas page out there where you can find these shows and easily see them together. But this show will also be a complete show in that today we're going to talk about the steps. But what I'd really like to do to introduce it, just very briefly, once again, for those listening freshly to this topic, is just start, Catherine, very briefly with... um, what what can you consider? You know, we talk about mental distress or a crisis or, you know, the degrees of these things. Um, can you introduce this for those listening so they can see how this could be helpful for them and for their loved ones as well? Sure, sure. Uh, I think, you know, perhaps the most important thing really is, is uh, at this point is, is to say that, you know, I'm drawing very much on my own personal experience of having been through crisis. Yes. Um, and yeah, and and I guess you know, I guess I've been through different degrees of crisis. You know, uh, yes. when I was twenty, I ended up in a psychiatric hospital, and and yes. you know maybe that's kind of you know that's a, a pretty severe, extreme level of crisis. But but along the way, I've had kind of other um, kind of. Um, less uh, less extreme uh, crisis you know for example um when my first marriage um uh, uh broke down uh i you know i had to take um quite a chunk of time off work to to kind of deal with that and process it and recover so you know that was that that's another level of of crisis and and i think you know when when we're kind of engaged on our kind of journey of 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 exploration and, and kind of spiritual growth, then then we do periodically come to to kind of transition times, periods where our inner transformation can kind of speed up, but yeah. at the same time, you know that that can kind of take us uh, to the edge and and over the edge of in, into crisis. So so yeah, there you know there are certainly various degrees, and and it can impact on you know some aspects of our life or our whole life i mean you know on the whole the way that i define crisis really is is by the intensity of it you know the yeah. the extent to which it is overwhelming and it does kind of consume our whole being and and every aspect of our life so so i hope that kind of helps maybe to kind of set the context a little bit yes yes very much so and and you know as as i i tell my audience more and more um i've experienced crisis in my life as well and i think many people have and so i view this as a very vital topic that is helpful to many and often when people are in that situation especially um if they're in real unfamiliar territory and i know this personally and i know you know it too is that you don't know where to find the resources and that i i think that that we feel it's heartening to know that we're developing the resources to more effectively assist people in a non-traumatic way because sometimes even the assistants can can introduce trauma if it's not well done or or well suited for whatever crisis the person is having. 
Yeah, yeah, and especially if it's not kind of validating. You know, we talked about this some, you know, in, yeah. in the first show, this difference between validation and, and pathologizing and, yeah. and how, you know, when I when I look back, you know, I was support. When I was first in crisis at the age of 20 and ended up in hospital, I, I did have support, you know, the support of my family, the support of mental health professionals, but it wasn't the right kind of support in a way. You know, it, it wasn't yeah. people who, who understood and who were validated. Um, who saw this as an opportunity for healing? It was more the pathologizing, labeling. You know, you're ill. There's something wrong with you. You need to take, you know, medication. That kind of approach. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, um, any support is better than none. Yeah. But ideally, we want support that is is validating, really. Yes, and you know, you certainly. Um, speak to things which which can be very dangerous you know and they can i mean and so like you say assistance is important and yet at the same time um i'm just i think that that introducing that validation and the whole person um and, and just a deeper understanding of what's really going on with people and also how common it is that it's so much more common than we realize. So I don't want to go too long on this or we'll repeat the first show I realize and and today I, I so want to, to get into the steps and hopefully get through them all. We're gonna very mindfully work through them all today and make sure we get to them all to help people um as an introduction. And of course they can get your book for even more detail on, on how to deal with this or attend one of your workshops as well. So um, I guess we will just go ahead, and we may be revisiting a little bit from the first show, but I really want to make this a whole and step through the steps. So um, so what, I'm going to just let you introduce this. What are the steps? Where do sure. we begin? <laughs> Where do we right. begin uh, well, with well, first, the process? First of all, what I, sure, sure. What I would say, first of all, is that these steps, you know, the uh, the subtitle to my book is Seven Steps to Healing. So there are seven of these steps. Yeah. Um, and, and I really want to kind of, um, you know, reassure people that these are, you know, these are very uh, practical steps. Uh, they're kind of full of common sense in a way. They're really kind of doable and achievable. Yeah. But at the same time, they have, you know, they they are kind of um, kind of radical and life changing. You know, they have that potential if you really engage with them. They can really turn your life around, and that's kind of what you need. You know, if if you, if you've um, found yourself in crisis, or if a loved one or a friend has has been uh, in a mental health crisis, they really need some very deep healing, and and to to kind of really make some some big changes. And so these seven steps can can help you do that, but but in a kind of very yeah, in a in a very manageable way, really. So let me yes. shall I just say what the seven are first? Yes, and then, why don't and then you? we can start going through them. Yes. Okay, so the first one the first one is taking responsibility. It's like taking responsibility for our 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 healing, for for our own kind of journey, really. The second step is reaching out, reaching out for support. Uh, the third is finding the right healthcare professional or professionals in the plural, because sometimes you know we need more than one person. We need different expertise. The fourth step 
I, I really like this step. Uh, this is uh, focusing on success stories. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's that's the kind of really inspiring, encouraging kind of step. Um, the fifth step, step five, is doing away with the toxic. So anything that kind of isn't helpful to our healing. Uh, step number six is making life changes. So this is kind of this kind of follows on directly from number five. So number five, you know, step five, we're kind of doing away with the toxic, with what isn't helpful, and then step six, we're kind of putting in place the positive, you know, that which is helpful and supportive. So that's the kind of making the the positive life changes. And then finally, uh, step seven is seeing crisis as as a gift, uh, as an opportunity. So, and these, you know, these steps are not really linear. That's not the idea. Um, you know, we can kind of move in and out of them. Uh, they may come in a in in a, in a different sequence from how I've presented them here. It's it's just it's it's a way of, of presenting them really. What I would say is that the first step taking responsibility for for our healing journey that really is the kind of fundamental cornerstone so so you know if if any step needs to come first really i i i feel it's that one that one yes um, yes and i yeah. might i might say to the audience that right at the beginning of step 1 there's a moving sentence it's just really a very simple thing that you state that's a from someone that 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 you know I had to believe in myself when no one else did. And it's mm. just a statement at the beginning of taking responsibility. And the way that you state that, Catherine, is very powerful because sometimes people will frame taking responsibility in a way that is less validating than that. And yet that statement there mm. just reflects the entirety of validation right from the start. Mm-mm-mm. And and you know that um that that woman her, her name is Louise and um yeah. you know that um I, I think you know it's not it's not always easy uh yeah. you know to believe in ourselves um especially you know when you know so many of us the the reason why we have these mental health crises is because we've maybe you know we've maybe come from uh, uh kind of painful family situations or we've been through some sort of trauma or, or kind of a, abuse or something and and so you know the the very fact of believing in ourselves is 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 you know is is a challenge in itself it's yes. and uh you know i well, when when i was when i was writing the dedication to this book for for this book you know i was i was um i was thinking you know who who do i want to dedicate this book to and and sometimes the words just kind of kind of come through me almost um and 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 i almost can't can't, can't take credit for them but um what came through when i was when i was writing the dedication was very much about um believing you know believing in ourselves and 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 in a sense you know the fact that i believe that that everybody uh, can heal that everybody uh, has that potential every mental health crisis holds that potential and yeah. and i so i think it's it's really important um for for your listeners and and my readers you know when they are struggling um you, you know what i would say 
to you, you know, when you're struggling to believe in yourself. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just read you this dedication because it, it's some. Um, it's it's basically here am I, the author, saying I believe in you. You know, even when you're struggling to believe in yourself, I believe in you. Yeah. Uh, let, let me just let me just yeah. read it to, yeah. to, to yeah. for for everybody. So so th- this is the dedication for you. I've written this book because I believe in you. I believe in your ability to heal and grow. I believe in your ability to wake up, to become self-aware, to move towards love and away from fear. I believe in your ability to take ownership of your journey towards wholeness. I believe in your courage, determination, and perseverance, all of which you will need to succeed on this journey. Above all, I believe you. I believe your experience. I believe it has a deeper meaning, a soulful meaning. I honor that, and I honor you. And so that's, you know, that's kind of how I start the book. And so it's interesting that you picked up straight away, Susan, that um, in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the first step, you know, that, it, that this whole question of, of believing in ourselves is, is so important. Yes. Well, I know from personal experience that so often you can there there's just a gamut of of things that can be very unhelpful messages that you get that would undermine your believing in yourself. And so it's just really important to take a step of empowerment is the way that I view it really because that's what responsibility is and to not feel as helpless as some may attempt to make you feel and and so mm, it just mm, it, mm. it and so i view this as a very important step um mm, so mm, so mm, one of the things and, and i know here we go the the time is already going to go quickly by <laughs> so so because i swear you know we could do a show probably on every step <laughs> it's really good um it's it's as well this is why you wrote the book is it's not um it, it is a very deep topic and so so perhaps we can say you know of of all the things you might want to say about this first step just just to sum it up um is there anything more that's important because it's the gateway to everything else um no i think i think you uh, you you touched on actually just one thing you touched on um you mentioned the word empowerment and and i think that's you know that's that that is tied in with this um, this theme of taking responsibility for our healing because it's about not giving our power away and I think it's yes. very easy for us you know I, I think it's it's very easy for us to see um, health professionals mental health professionals psychiatrists you know it's very easy to see them as the ex and, and to kind of put them on a pedestal and, and give our power away in, in that sense and actually we are the experts on our own experience and what we're going through so that's that's maybe part of, of of the process as well of of taking responsibility and and just asking ourselves you know what how what to what extent um you know do i want to heal you know what am i prepared to do am i really prepared to to do what it takes even if that means some really quite major changes and of course the yes. question has to the the answer has to be yes you know, yeah. if if we really want to heal, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's maybe that's enough for the, the first step, yeah, then, I think Susan. So. I mean, there is more that we could go into. Oh, yes. Um, like I yeah. said, we could do a show on everyone. <laughs> we really could. All right. So yeah. step two, we've taken responsibility for our healing, and and step two, reaching out. And and like you said, these yes. aren't always sequential because we can continually no. be taking responsibility. And, in fact, we remind ourselves to take responsibility often, and no doubt we remind ourselves to reach out often. So, mm. uh, so mm-hmm. yes, let's talk and, about yeah, that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I remember in, in my first book, Susan, talking about support, you know, reaching out for support. I remember saying, you know, in real estate, it's it's all about location, location, location. And, and with a psycho-spiritual crisis, it's all about support, support, support. You know, it, it really is absolutely fundamental. Because without the support, um, you, you know, it's 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 very difficult to to move through this uh, in in a kind of really um, healing way and to have a positive positive outcomes. Uh, and and you know and that's and that's tough for some of us because if we've you know if we've um, struggled uh, in our families uh, as, you know in, in childhood and adolescence we've maybe developed this kind of fierce independence of kind of going it alone and yeah. uh, and, and you know that's 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 you know that served, that may have served as well at the time. But, um, you know, certainly uh, when it comes to, to kind of coping with a mental health crisis, uh, it's, that's not going to serve us so well. And, you know, we, we touched on the fact that the support um, ideally needs to be um, validating. It needs to come from people who believe in our ability to heal, who see this crisis as an opportunity. Um, and, and the support, you know, we we the, our main support um, will probably come from from immediate family, close friends. But there's there's also so much more support out there nowadays. You know, whether that's um, the kind of um, voluntary uh, sector, um, the kind of charities, our communities, different communities that that we might be a part of. You know, maybe maybe people have some sort of spiritual community that they're a part of that can be very supportive. Uh, yeah. There are online communities nowadays that can also be uh, very helpful. Uh, so, you know, there's, there, there's a whole wealth uh, out there. And what I would encourage people to do is to kind of really build as as wide a network as possible. We don't want to just be relying on just one or two people for our support because it you know it can be pretty demanding when we're going through acute crisis. Uh the level of support we need is it can be quite high. And so, you know, just um just reaching out to one or two people can can actually um just yeah, it can be difficult for them for them to 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 manage that. Although, yeah, you know, and, that's, and in you, a sense, that's, yeah. You know, as you're speaking, Catherine, I couldn't help but think, and this kind of jumps ahead a little bit perhaps, but that this can be a challenging step. And again, you know, this may be the show where I speak to some of my own experience. Many years ago when I had um, a, a crisis, I had people who felt that the entire New Age message, characterizing it that way, was demonic, and that was the problem. And so, mm. so if you, you know, these were people, you know, I was in a very conservative place, um, around very conservative people. And um, so if that was what I had to reach out to, honestly, that made it worse. I mean, 
you know that mm-hmm. that actually made crisis even you know when when people are propagating fear so the question becomes mm-hmm. here and here we're not even we're talking about just people around you not even professionals um mm-hmm. when somehow it seems like it can be hard to be discerning when you're in the midst of a situation of awakening and emergence or whatever it is and and yet somehow we seem to know this isn't helpful. I mean, I think we learn to sort that out. And and maybe if the right people, and eventually in my case, the right people did show up to 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 say, now wait a sec, you know, to help me. That's why I have a show about fear. It's one of the reasons. So mm. reaching out, you may reach out to people who aren't particularly helpful, who may be injecting fear into the situation again you know not validation but some belief system that that maybe isn't helpful mm-hmm. and yeah and i think often our families are absolutely you know terrified by yeah. by this kind of mental health crisis they don't know how to cope with it and and they're very fearful and and that you know when we're we've got this heightened sensitivity when we're in crisis you know we're going to be very sensitive to that fear uh, which is why if we can have people, this is why I've, I've fared so much better years and years later when I was in crisis again. Um, I had people around me who were not fearful because they, they'd kind of been through their own, um, you know, kind of yeah. challenges and crises. And, and um, yeah, so, so I wasn't picking up fear from them. But um, I, I think, you know, we are very sensitive at, at, at these times. So, so yeah, so that that's the whole kind of issue of of support and um, and just and I think you're right that we do we do send I think because we're also very intuitive at these times, we you know we kind of have a sense of of uh, of who to trust really yeah. and and who to reach out to. One well, one of the women uh, who contributes to my book, she says, trust your gut. You know, trust trust your instinct. Um, and and at these times, we tend to be even more in tune with our intuition than than usual. So I think that's a good one. And and also, you know, because I I do trust the process and I do trust the universe. I do believe that that we are are kind of you know the you you said you know the right people showed up. You know that that yes. it's almost like we we are sent the help and the support that we need. You know, I, I remember one particular one particular point um in in my when I was in crisis in 2003 and um you know the people the people that I was reaching out to just didn't seem to be available especially like my my therapist you know I'd been working um closely one to one with a the therapist and and you know I particularly kind of needed his support and he was actually abroad um uh, leading a training at, at the time so he just wasn't available and and you know later when I look back it was exactly what I needed because there was a particular point where I just kind of had to kind of um you know, it was um. Gosh, I didn't expect to be going into this kind of um. Oh, well, you uh, know what? It, wherever kind of, it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, That's it's, uh, but I think it's important. I, <laughs> it yeah, I think this is. Imp- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, this is important because because what happened was I really needed to um to 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 be at that point in my crisis. I actually did need to be on my own. Because yeah. that was how I was able to access and be in touch with 
with the ultimate support, um, yes. the, the kind of divine, you know, the light. And actually, um, you know, if I if if I had been able to reach out to to, to different people, uh, I I wouldn't have found that within myself, yeah. and I wouldn't have found that yeah. connection. So so it's interesting, isn't it? You know, we talk about how important it is to reach out for support, but actually, there can come a time, there can come a point in in our crisis, and I think many people experience this when actually we just we just need to connect with source. You know, yeah. and uh, and that is ultimately where our, our faith, our belief in ourselves, our belief in 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 universe, trust. You know, it, it it's so fundamental. So much of it comes from that that moment. So so yeah. So that's that's a, an interesting. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I I, I feel like I need to put. I know that we're just going to let this show flow, but we will get through this. The, the steps, but it's just really important. It's just that I have to feel, as you were speaking, this reaching out thing is important to evaluate in a in a discerning way because I feel that um, you know my own ironically was 2003 as well the mm. the original mm. issue that I had. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. It was so confusing. I even hit my head like I was in Kansas like Dorsey, and it was like that. It was everything. It was hitting. You know, and so I had so many people trying to figure it out, like, you know, MRIs and, cath- and, then, and then other aspects. But ultimately, there was a very strong spiritual element. And I will tell you that when I reached out to people who ultimately, they may have been loving, but it wasn't truly helping me, there was a point where they wanted to burn my New Age books in a ceremony. And yes, I will write a book about this one of these days, because I'm sure it'll be interesting. But that push, I mean, it was like, it it was as if spirit set it up. So it was just so extreme. And I just Mm, felt myself mm. saying, no, I remember holding one of the books. And it's just like, no. I mean, I just knew that was a form of insanity in its own. I mean, using that term loosely, because I don't like to throw that term around. But that was a form of dysfunction Mm. right there that Mm, I didn't mm. need to embrace. And so it helped me by being driven to extremes. And it happened more than once. by reaching out to people who were not helping, and then also to the rationalists in my life who had no conception of spirituality whatsoever, that too drove me in a, a different direction that was more realistic, and I use real with a capital R, incorporating mm. spirituality. So I mm. don't want to dwell on this step too much, but I just know that even when we reach out to the wrong people, it's helping us to reach out to the right people. And it can be many years, too, to find those people. It doesn't necessarily happen right away, but um, and it can happen fast, too. I mean, they come when they need to come. So, all right, mm-hmm. I've added my two mm-hmm. cents to this topic, but it's been such an important area. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's great. And and I think what we're basically what we're both saying, Susan, is that it, it's about trust, isn't it? It's about trusting yes. the process. Yeah. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. and Great. feeling that sense of trust and discernment. And somehow deep down, you do kind of know. I mean, if you really, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. even in Christ, you, that knowing starts to emerge. So, all right, mm-hmm. we should probably go on to step Good. three. 
Yeah, well, step three kind of in some sense follows on from step two because it's about finding the right mental health professional. So in terms of support, you know, one of our key sources of support is is probably going to be, you know, the, the, the finding, you know, the right mental health professional. Uh, now, you know, I, I had a, a psych when I was first, uh, when I ended up in, in hospital when I was 20 years old, uh, I had a psychiatrist at the time who, when I asked for counseling or psychotherapy, uh, what he said to me was, sometimes it's best not to try to understand these things. Now that was really not helpful, and 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 I, you know, I I I I stress this in the book. You know, we really, if we want to heal, we need to um, kind of explore the deeper meaning of our crisis. So it's it's no good telling, you know, saying to someone, oh, you 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 know, you don't need to know what this is about. <laughs> you know, that that just he he was not the right mental health professional for me. Um, yes. Luckily, I did um, find, you know, I, I worked with a fantastic therapist uh, later on, um, a transpersonal therapist, um, for quite a few years, actually, one-to-one, and and that was a really a, a key part of, of my healing journey. And, and I kind of own this, you know, in the book, I say, you know, I have a, a, a personal bias towards the healing modalities that have worked for me. Although, you know, I do, I, I cover quite a, a lot of different healing modalities, and we talked about them in, in the last show, um, Susan, some of them. Um, but certainly that's one that's, that's one that helped me. So in terms of um, finding the right um, health professional, uh, we need to kind of get clear about uh, what issue we're particularly looking for help with. So, um, you know, whether there's a, an issue of, um, you know, sometimes there might be um, a history of some form of abuse, either physical or sexual. That might be um, the particular issue that we, we need specific expertise with. Um, or uh, maybe eating, you know, there might be some um, issues around food. Um, so... Or, or, you know, there might be a particular recurring theme, like in terms of energy. You know, maybe we have these periods of really high energy that have, have kind of been labeled as, as mania. Um, maybe that's a specific issue. That, so basically, we just need to identify what we want help with. And then we need to get kind of start getting clear about what approach um we want to take you know do we want to take a more kind of mainstream approach or um are we looking for more kind of natural medicine or are we looking for kind of like a combination of the two kind of an integrative approach where we kind of combine the best of both worlds yes. uh so yes. so that's you know these are the sorts of things that we need to be thinking about in in terms of, of finding the right uh health professional or yes. as and, I mentioned before, plural professionals, yeah? Yes, and, and I have to say that what comes through, and, and something I definitely choose to emphasize as well, is, um, you know, that, that step number one continues to flow through this choice, number three, because it is about choice, and the fact that you have choices is that you can't let someone else take your choices away that you have to you have to um discern the choices and there are many. I think one of the things that that we don't realize is that 
um, professionals bring their belief systems into what they do. So like in the the United States, I think it was in the United States, they did a survey that um, psychiatrists, for example, many of them are atheists, are agnostics, and that, that just seems mm. to be that, that a surprising number. I should surface that. There was a survey. And so mm. if you're working with someone who cannot recognize that there is a spiritual element to reality, if that's who's assisting you, well, obviously, and, and if that goes beyond belief for you, because some people will say, oh, well, that's just belief. If it goes beyond that to, look, this is actual experience, there is a spiritual reality, period, well, then that mm. person's not going to be particularly helpful to you because mm. they're not Mm-mm. going to validate um I'll give you an example. I had a friend once who told a doctor that that he thought he was God. And I said, it was just someone Mm. I was interacting with in a chat room many years ago. I used to interact with various people. And I said, did you tell them that you meant that, you know, you were God in the sense of one with God? Because that's what he meant. I mean, he meant it from a... Mm from a New Age kind of perspective that, you know, omnipresent. And phrasing it that way probably wasn't wise. I don't even choose to phrase it that way personally. I know some people do, but he really meant it from the omnipresent. But no, I mean, to his parents, some of these New Age ideas, um, and I'm using that term loosely, were very not only religiously formed, but, you know, that just sounds wrong. And yet, I mean, from from a rationalist, perspective they're going to judge that if they don't believe in any sort of or acknowledge any spirit so so anyway um and that particular person went down a very difficult road because was not Mm. being understood or validated Mm, in mm, any way mm, mm, so mm, mm, mm. but i I do cover actually yeah Mm -hmm. i'm under step three susan um what i cover one of the one of the things that i cover is is changing you know changing professional you know if we have uh, a mental health professional who isn't helpful or or who who kind of um has a kind of um you know kind of a set of rigid um beliefs which which are, are just not yeah, just not helpful. Then, right. then we need to, you know, we need to be prepared to change, you know, and go. That's and right. that's, I think, that's, that's easier right. in America than it is in the UK because, um, you know, in the UK we have the National Health Service where you're kind of basically allocated, um, depending on on your geography, you know, where, of where you live, you're kind of allocated, uh, you know, your psychiatrist. I mean, you can actually go back to your general practitioner and request. Um, you know a change to be referred but it's 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 not like we have the same degree of of freedom and and choice our health system is set up very differently from from in america um so so at least you know at least you have that in the states that that you can change relatively easily i believe well i will say though that we're moving in a direction of more isolated networks and you know Again, I don't want to belabor this because we're going to go too long again, and we can go slightly mm. over maybe. Is um, I think that that this is a major major topic here because um, you know just we need more of the right kind of assistance available, and I think in many places that isn't necessarily all all happening yet, and we're working on that. I think people like you are are working on that, but um, but. It's a challenging, it can be a challenging area. But Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. think that if you interject spirit into it once again and synchronicity, 
that it's amazing how the right people can arrive and um and they they can often be counselors you know that that are are simply counselors that have a more mm. enlightened perspective so so in mm. any case mm. and and I'm not saying that I mean I don't want to label there can people can come from all different um professional disciplines and have a more expansive validating way of looking at things. So, all right, we better mm. get on to the next one, but it's yep. just, it's an yep. important area too. Each one of these is important. Okay. Yeah. The next yeah, yeah. step. So the next step, the next step is uh focusing on success stories. Yeah. And and so and and in a sense, you know, throughout the book I share kind of um bits of my story to kind of show people how, you know, how how you can kind of turn your life around and I draw on other people's stories as well. So so that um that step 4, you know, in particular there's um a, a woman called Ursula and a guy called Hamilton who share their stories. Um and and you know these when when you know when i say success stories you know they share their struggles as much as um you know their joys because you know these these are tough journeys you know it's it's not a bed of roses um yeah. but i i you know they i think their their stories are, are really inspiring and of course there's also Kathy Kathy Penny who very kindly wrote the foreword to to this book for me i mean she you know she is just such an inspiration and uh you know i, I her story is is very much a success story the, you know she was she was in hospital for for many years and um you know her medical notes when she was kind of at at her worst uh, her medical notes just described her as as catatonic uh and yet you know when you see her uh, daniel mackler has has made a film um that's a, it's available on youtube um it's called uh, take these broken wings and when you see her in that film so kind of full of um energy and vitality and um you know just um living a very rich and and full and fulfilled life um yeah it's just very inspiring and so that's really you know that's really what step 4 is about it's it's about you know look what other people um have you know see how they've turned their lives around you know what worked for them um you know do do your research you know and i and i give some suggestions and pointers as well um but but you know find people uh who are an inspiration to you and yeah. and especially when you're yeah. feeling you know if you are feeling discouraged then come back to step 4 to kind of you know re re-inspire you yeah yeah no i think that that sums up that step beautifully, actually. I think we can step through that one fairly quickly. Because, yeah. And I invite people to, again, deep, go more deeply into your book and, and look at some of those success stories. All right, number five. This is one I think that, that all of us in, in every walk of life um, can work with, and that is doing away with the toxic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing away with the toxic. Yeah, you know, I I like this step too. You know, one of the things that I like about this step is that it it involves clutter clearing. You know, and yeah. I I just I love clutter clearing. Yes, uh, <laughs> um, I have and, my you know, <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's clearing the clutter out at every level, yeah. really. You know, yes, it's I, clearing yes. the clutter out. 
in in terms of in terms of um our work you know if we're doing work that is that is toxic in some way that isn't supportive yeah. in terms of relationships in terms of stress because you know stress has such a negative impact on our on our mental health um in terms of in terms of our diet you know detoxing at, at that physical level and in terms of our homes just kind of really cleansing and clearing the energy in in our homes and and in fact actually just recently because i i really like this period kind of like christmas and the new year it's a it's a really good time for having a having a good clear out so i've i've been um taking books off the shelf right they can go <laughs> try and yeah. sorting out some of my paperwork and um yeah it's it's just um you know we need we need to we need to really go quite deep i think um the the deeper our wounding probably the more kind of toxicity in our lives that that we need to kind of clear out and and heal so yeah. so that's yeah that's on lots of levels yes yes and and my own reflection on on number 5 is that i feel like you know when there is that toxic element um well like i spoke about you know um Ultimately, I I I had a, a loving relationship with the people who who wanted to burn my spiritual books. Let's talk about that. I did. I still love those people. I don't interact with them any. They're they're from long ago. However, um, I had to I had to walk away. I mean, consciously from from that kind of an influence, even while. And so, in a way, that was acknowledging at some point. This is toxic. This this particular thing is toxic. And so and I also think at the beginning of the year we're all thinking about ways that that we can clear in many ways. This is a a common time of year when we we think about this and we revisit it over and over on every level like you say. Mm, mm, mm. That's a really good example that you gave actually Susan of of kind of stepping away um from those people who were kind of a uh, toxic influence that's a really good example yeah. and i've well, had to do that yeah. you know in my life you know whether it's with relationships um at one point i had to um just uh step away from a a, a work situation that was that was toxic um because i I'm just the the relationship i had um the working relationship with my head of department was 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 yeah it was just not not um not fruitful not um beneficial mm. yes and you know this leads beautifully into number 6 and i will say that that there were drastic well this can continually happen in our lives but but ultimately in my own story too making life changes i mean there were some really significant ones some years ago that mm. really shifted things for me into total empowerment and and where you know this show wouldn't exist without it. So um so number 6 making life changes. Mm mm. Well, you I mean you you've kind of said it really Susan it's 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 you know as we clear out as we clear out the toxic so that makes space for for putting in place, you know, that that which 
which is um, nourishing and and you know I guess you know in a sense all all the steps are about um, kind of our, our self regard and our self esteem and kind of learning to love ourselves and, and nurture and nourish ourselves but but maybe this one you know especially because where we've maybe had to um, you know get rid of particular relationships or work situations now we can put in place you know ones which are that really show us that that we value ourselves and and that yeah. we that we care about ourselves and that's what the whole journey is is about really and yeah. and in particular i kind of focus some um, in in step 6 on on nourishing ourselves at the soul level because this yeah. is the kind of deepest level at, at which we can nourish ourselves really and so i you know i i, I talk a little bit about about that um about what that can mean and it means different things to different people um but you know that that can mean uh having some sort of daily spiritual practice um whether that's meditation or prayer or chanting uh it can mean it can mean um having a, a mindfulness practice uh the the latest thing actually you know while we're on this whole subject of of kind of self-nurture and self-care and self-regard um the the latest um trend if you like to come out of the whole mindfulness movement is compassion and and mm. kindness mm-hmm. initially towards ourselves and then you know towards others and so this is a, this is a big piece you know in terms of making positive life changes it's you know what what is what is going to really nurture me you know am i living somewhere that that I absolutely love and that really feeds me. You know, does does my relationship with my significant other, you know, do that? Does my work do that? You know, have I got? Am I really um, kind of using my creativity? You know, do I feel fulfilled in my work? You know, these are and these these are big questions. You know, these are big oh, areas of our, of our lives. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And these yeah. will rock your world. I mean. Yeah, this is yeah, when yeah. we talk about life changes, I mean, we're talking about world rocking changes that that will change, mm. you know, can can mean everything. You know, I I will very briefly talk about many years ago. Gosh, I don't know what it, it took me some while to to navigate through that, and that's common too. Don't expect this all to happen in a month. You know, sometimes very dramatic <laughs> things can happen in a month, <laughs> but I, I feel like you know it's a continual navigation. I'm now. Um, you know, 2003 was the year for me of my um, really the well. It's hard to hard to explain how it all came to be. But in any case, I still think back to a time when I was I was went out on my own, rented a little house, and it was like this blossoming. I mean, I started taking piano lessons again from my son's piano teacher. You know, from my youth, something I hadn't. And, and I will tell you what. Little things like that, that became a practice, Catherine. I wasn't particularly good. Mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, I, I, well, I was what I was, you know, and that's why I wanted to, to do it. But it was just it was just filled with this blossoming. So when you make a brave choice, um, you can feel that. But then you can also see through the years how you're going to have a process. You're going to make some choices that are helpful, some aren't. You're still a, a human being. And so... Um, but but yes, you really feel it 
when you're mm-hmm. in a blossoming mm-hmm. period. It mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. brings you alive, I guess, would be mm-hmm. my way of talking about mm-hmm. it. Mm, that's really beautiful, and that, and and I think you've touched on something really important because because when we do things that that show us that we really care about ourselves, you know, that's yes. when we've really turned the corner. You know, that, yes. that's that's yeah, that's when we've turned a corner. Mm. Yes, and mm. and I see that, and and you'll revisit it over over and over, and and I will. I will convey that even even now, as I navigate various chats, suddenly I'm playing the piano more, which is interesting. It kind of reflects through my life. Well, what is that? It's a practice. Music is a wonderful practice for us, and then mm. new things come up. You know, maybe when you talk about mindfulness, but you know, maybe a, a synchronistically a Tai Chi class might be calling, or yoga, or something new. And so, so anyway, it's that aliveness and openness that that really helps us. We are helped with the life changes. We don't just have to do it cold, you know, without assistance. Spirit helps us no, with many no, things. No. And in fact, actually, Susan, I think when we're ready for it, it doesn't even, you know, it can sound, it can sound huge and it can sound like, um, like um, hard work. But actually, when we're ready for it, it just flows. Yes. You know, that's yes. certainly my experience. Um, yes. And perhaps so, that's so the... It, uh, yes. Go ahead. Mm. Well, just so you know, I don't, you know, I don't want people to feel kind of really daunted by this because actually, yeah. you know, you know when you're ready, and it, and it does just flow, yeah. Yeah, and and it doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges. I mean, there there are challenges, but but there can be in the midst of change. Um, yes, that flow, mm. that that's really mm. it, and it, it it comes to you. So. So that, I think, leads us quite beautifully, and we're actually doing pretty well here on time, um, seeing crisis as a gift. And, you know, I have to preface that with saying to my audience, without what happened to me in 2003, you would not be hearing my voice. I was not a spiritual open person. No way. (laughs) I mean, you would not. Mm. The the way that, that anyone knows me now with this spiritual, I still have my other side i mean where i was you know many things but and and i had some spirituality but but truthfully the whole thing was a huge gift um and it keeps giving so that's my testimony Mm. to that but yes speak Mm. to that Mm. Catherine, from your Mm. perspective yeah and um you know i think the, the, this idea of it being a being a gift, being an opportunity, you know, there's, there's like I, I speak to a lot of people who've been through some really, really extreme, um, you know, crises, and and never, never do I hear people expressing regret. You know, there's yeah. always this sense, there's always this sense of gratitude, this sense of. Yeah. Um, of of blessing and and I think yeah. but but what's interesting is these are the people who have moved through to a place of healing. These yeah. these are not the yeah. people who've got stuck in the psychiatric system with labels pinned on them and and kind of you know being told that they've got some illness quote unquote and you know they will have it for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. because because actually unfortunately pe- people that get get sucked into the, the the psychiatric system and stuck in it they will have regret you know it's difficult oh it can to, go very to, darkly to, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so actually it's it's the people who move through to the healing. It's the it's the people who who really engage with these seven steps and who take the responsibility yeah. and who really do the work who are then rewarded with the sense of of what an amazing gift it, it is. And 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 you know what what you were saying about yourself, you know, I totally resonate with that. You know, my my life is is kind of unrecognizable from from how it was. And uh and 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 you know there's a, there's another there's another piece that's that's really important here is that is that it is that it becomes sustainable. You know, this this isn't about um you, you know, it's not about kind of like a quick fix and and like um, a, a stick, you know, putting a a plaster what how do what do you call them in America like a sticking plaster band-aid. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's, like a veneer over something, or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, you know, my sense, and talking to other people, um, you know, who've who've been along a similar healing journeys, is that is that you know, it it's it's this is healing and growth that is sustainable. You know, yeah. it's not a, it's not about, um, you know, having symptoms, you know, that you're going to have to manage symptoms for the rest of your life. That's Actually, great. when you do the healing, when you do the healing work, you know, that you, you, yes, you will still need to manage your sensitivity because if anything, you're just going to get more and more sensitive. But that's yeah. very different um, from, you know, from, from so-called, you know, from symptoms that, that kind of uh, are kind of really um, disabling. So, yeah. so I think that's an important important piece is, is the kind of the sustainability of this. You know that that where I'm at now um, is is sustainable, and, and I and I and I can be confident of that because when I see like I um, you know when when I got together with um, with my my current husband, we'd only been together nine months, and he he uh, ended up in a coma. He had something called encephalitis. Which oh, is, it's yes. a bit like men. Familiar with that? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's a little bit like meningitis, and so you know, this is a major life crisis. And I actually coped with that. Um, you know, I I didn't have a wobble. I mean, obviously, you know, I needed help and support from family and friends, and, and you know, and it, and it was it was tough, and and it was scary, and it was you know all those things. But it but because of the healing work that I had done, I had this kind of solid foundation. Um, with which to meet this this life challenge, and so I think that's you know that's what we're looking for. We're looking for um, the kind of yeah that kind of depth of of healing really that, that yes. can kind yes. of yes. Catherine, yeah. I want to interrupt you just for a second because what I'm going to do is pull this show slightly into overtime, but because um, we we are reaching out to a live audience right now. Um, when we only have a couple minutes left of the live show, I'm just going to pull you a slightly into overtime. I want to tell the people listening to the live show, if you want to hear our overtime just a little bit, we're not going to go too long, to call 310-807-5104 now, and you can hear it on the teleconference line. But what I want you to get out, Catherine, before the live audience leaves us um, is you have an event coming up, and I want to make sure the live people hear that. So could we just... And then we'll continue our wrapping up of this. So could you tell people about this upcoming appearance since we're so close to the yes. end of the live show? Yeah, thank you, Susan. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's very exciting. I've been invited to host a solo uh, webinar on the 10th of March. This is through the Mind, Body, Spirit um, events people uh, in the U.K., 
And so you can find all, all the details um, of that on my website. And, um, and in fact, the, the ticket sales are, are just going live now. In fact, tomorrow I'm seeing my, um, my website guy tomorrow. So the link will be there <laughs> very, very soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's very exciting. And basically I'll be going into a, a lot more depth ab about this new book. So okay, thank you, wonderful. Susan. Okay, just quickly to the live audience, and then we'll wrap up with, with Catherine, because we're just on such a roll here with this wonderful topic. I just want to let the live audience know, FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you can go. This show will be out there, a link to Catherine's site. In fact, I'll even put a link to her event out there. The next show, I may do a solo show on Friday. If I do, we'll, we'll see when that is. Watch the schedule on FrontierBeyondFear.com. Our next guest is Mark David Gerson returning Monday, January 11th at 12 p.m. Pacific, the same time, to talk about authentic creativity. So, um, And I do want to thank the live audience for, for being here. And we're just going to continue to wrap up. And if you want to listen to the rest of the show, you can also listen to the podcast right after. And KatherineGLucas.com is where you want to go to learn about Catherine's work. So, so thank you, live audience, for being here. Always appreciated. And we're going to wrap up now in the archive. Um, so, so Catherine, um, after that bit of, of um, interjection there, um, for those listening to this podcast, which I know um, many people do, um, you know, this business of the gifts, you know, it just keeps on giving. And there's something that, that I wanted to express is that they can come out in an outward way, like our work, which is, you know, continually unfolding, your work, my work, many people. Steve Noble is another one who's been on this show. He had a spiritual crisis that then resulted, you know, he's doing wonderful work in the world. Many people are doing work, but really the deepest gifts are inside. I mean, I have to tell you, I navigated a very significant crisis in the last year with that, where a family member had a health crisis, and I was so grateful. I mean, it comes through in gratitude that I had this anchor now. I mean, this it's your spiritual life. It's your connection. And to awaken to that is is an incredible gift. And for that reason, you can't even imagine taking, you know, some of the side effects, side effects of that away where, you know, yes, I had a dramatic awakening. And yes, it involved many factors and kind of confusing. But now, what has it given me? Like you say, you navigated this health crisis as well with a loved one and, and just in yourself, being alive and connected. And, you know, it's just a wonderful way to be how we're meant to be. Mm -hmm. And and you know the the other thing as well also um, Susan is that not only are we doing the healing work for ourselves, but we're also kind of doing it for others, kind of on behalf of others, and for future generations. Yeah. So you know, especially you know, if if there are kind of family issues that that we've worked through, and and you know, maybe done some family constellation work, or you know, what, what, whatever whatever kind of therapeutic approach we've used, but it but it kind of means that we're not going to be passing those issues on to our children and our children's yeah. children. It's like yeah. you know, the buck stops here, kind of thing. Um, and that's that's an amazing gift to be able to give our children. Um, yeah. 
Yes, oh, yeah. so true. And, you know, what I've observed time and time again, and, yes, this is reflected in our outward actions, but I've seen this with so many people, it's just this desire to serve. I mean, there, mm. and, and what's interesting is, and this is where, you know, again, we go back to that reaching out step and the people who are, who you allow to to influence you, is that sometimes what you're doing may be observed from a worldly standard as as not, you know, as outside the norm. In fact, often <laughs> outside the box. And and you have to have the courage to own that um that yourself. And and um I think of another person who's been on this show, um Baptiste de Pop who who created the power of the heart movie. He talks about how he left a career as a lawyer, had very dramatic awakening. I don't know I don't know if it would be characterized as a crisis in this in the same way we're talking about here, but this comes in so many different ways, but it felt very very dramatic for him. And maybe the world might say why aren't you a lawyer? You know, that that mm. that that's a that's a noble profession. And yet yet truthfully he needed to be making a film and doing other work mm. and workshops. So mm. so you mm. have to own mm. your path. You have to own mm. it and what you're guided to mm. do. Mm. Well, and in fact, you know, I, I left a, co- a career as a, as a university uh, lecturer. I think you, you call them professors. Um, you know, that's 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 my past life, if you like. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, on the face of it, it it, it can um, to some people maybe um, seem to not quite make sense, but it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and and I have a, yeah. a background as a computer scientist, you know, where I was yeah. working, you know, in in the computer in the software engineering industry in many capacities. Mm. And I think we both we all find, you know, um, the other thing to this is we find that all of the elements of our past feed into whatever we're called to do in the future. Yeah. That there are many gifts that it gives us to allow us to do yeah. whatever we're really called to do. So. Yeah, um, and we can yeah. feel the calling when we're connected to to spirit in the in the ways that that we are, and that's a gift. Mm. Mm. And that's part of what I when I when I'm talking about step seven uh, in the book, you know, that's part of what I cover is is you know is is kind of um, you know finding finding our creative kind of purpose in life. Um, yeah, you know, and um, yeah, and just. Just um, creating our reality, you know, yes. creating because because we, you know, in the same way that um, you know we talked before about the power of, of beliefs, um, you know, we we can create. Uh, we very much do create our reality. Um, yeah. In because you know in in conjunction with, uh, you know, with source. Yes. Maybe that's a good good point. Maybe that's a good place to 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 stop, Susan. Yes, I think so. I think we've reached a beautiful conclusion. Like I said, I was only going to pull you a little bit into overtime. I felt like we had a little wrap up to do, and I think yeah, we covered yeah. the topic very well today. And I certainly do invite people to get your book. Um, and and what I really hope too is for people who have family members who maybe going through some kind of a crisis. I mean, we can help one another in so many much more effective, meaningful ways 
and and we need to get away from from hijacking lives. I mean, that can happen. I mean, you can go down a very very dark, non-healing, dysfunctional path um, that can be very disempowered. And we need to to be voices in society to help the mainstream as well recognize healing does happen. Healing is possible, and that many alternative ways, sometimes integrated with other ways at times. You know, there's a, there is a balanced approach. We talked about this in the first show, and, um, you know, we are growing as a society. And people mm-hmm. like you, Catherine, are really making a difference. And let me, you thanked me at the beginning of the show, let me thank you for what you're doing, because I just can't imagine... Um, you know, it's just so important. I'm trying to say, I can't imagine anything more important. Well, maybe I could, but it's just really, really vital work. There are no comparisons that can be drawn between the work that we're called to do, but what you're doing is very vital because, you know, you're you're really working within the mainstream to help people get, what are we trying to do here? We want people to live a whole life healed and it's possible and we have to move away from those things that hijack um that a life i mean and because that's a that's a tragedy when it happens mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to mm-hmm. happen because healing mm-hmm. can happen yeah and that, and and that's you know that's the whole point really susan of of my work is is you know there is so much um you know there's enough suffering as it is when we go through these transformational crises but yes. but there's you know there's unnecessary suffering that doesn't need to happen so so if exactly. you know if my work can help minimize that then then i'm you know i'm i'm grateful for that so thank you. I would I would just like to tell your listeners that um, there's there's going to be an opportunity. I'm I'm just in the process of making some changes to my website, and um, so if people would like to buy um, a signed copy of my book directly from me then there's going to be that opportunity to do that that hasn't been possible um until now but i'm just about to um put that on the website so so if anybody uh wants to to do that to engage with me in that way then that would be lovely yes yes that would be wonderful and i really invite people to do that so so thanks again, Catherine, for being here. It's just such a delight to have you on this show, and and I look forward to to future conversations. And you know, the, again, that word vital that just keeps coming to mind, and and you know, just such such amazing work that you're doing. So so thank you for for being you. Well, thank you, and and thank you um, for for inviting me on the show, Susan. It's it's always such a pleasure. Uh, well, take care, and you have a nice evening where you are in the the UK. I guess it's heading towards towards um what it's after nine o'clock now. I guess so, yeah, um, yeah. And and okay. I, I I yes, you have a a wonderful evening, and thank you again. Thanks, Susan. Bye now. Bye bye. Bye now. <laughs> okay, um, you know, I think that the show that we have coming up next week. And again, I may do, you're going to find that I'm going to do more um, solo shows because I'm finding that the audience is responding to that and, you know, shows where, where callers can interact and, 
And um, some of those may be later at night. They could be different times. So just keep an eye on the schedule because you just never know when I'm going to add one or you may catch a podcast later of one of those. But I do feel this leads very well into our next show, which, again, is Monday, January 11th, um, 2016 now, for those listening in the archive at some distant point. Um, Mark David Gerson, who's been on the show a number of times. You know Mark David. Here's one. He was in public relations, very conventional university public relations. He worked for a university, and he just left it all and became a writer and, you know, was highly spiritual and, and you know, another person who made a very dramatic change. And we're going to talk about authentic creativity, which is exactly what Catherine was talking about, how when we awaken, when we do start making these life changes, we are led to be more and more creative. So... You know, this will help us to discover what is it that we truly are called to do. So that's coming up on Monday. And just looking even farther ahead, I do have Cindy Griffith-Bennett coming on the show on Wednesday, um, January 13th. Grow your spiritual business. Now there's another area. Maybe you're called to do a new kind of work. And she's going to talk about that. I'm personally very interested in hearing about that as well, because she's got a new book that she co-authored. So, again, FrontierBeyondFear.com is where to go to learn about the shows. And I do welcome your support. This is a listener-supported program going into the new year with various maintenance costs and things. So if you are led to support the show, I very much welcome that. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the community around here and your and and prayers or however else you'd like to support the show are welcome too. So thank you again, everyone, and I will see you next time. 